salutations and shit folks welcome 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 to another episode of your new favorite travel podcast travel shit <laughs> where i your host t carrie have an experience uh experience have an experiential conversation about all the nuanced ways travel and regular life intersect so this week jumping right into it philly i ended up taking a road trip this past weekend with my boyfriend i live in new york and well we live in New York and Philly is two hours away. So I was off last week and I decided last minute, I had the idea that I wanted to do it for a while, but I decided last minute that I wanted to kind of change the scenery and get away for a bit, right? Because travel doesn't have to be big. Travel doesn't have to be you know, um, something far and foreign and it, it really, and very simply put can be the next town over travel can be an hour away. It could be a day away. It could be a flight away or a drive away. It does not have to be anything that you are, you know, breaking your neck to accomplish. I think that's one of the things that, um, frustrates me when it comes to there's always something to judge people about right there's you spend your money on electronics you don't have a passport you spend your money going to Atlantic City or to Vegas and you don't leave the country like there are a million ways people will try to find to judge each other and I really don't believe that that should have any space in travel especially when it comes to reaping the benefits of what travel has to offer. In my experience and in my very humble opinion, which I assume that's what you're here for, travel is for you to expand your mind, to experience something new and to be and put yourself in an environment or in a um, situation that is giving you the opportunity to experience yourself in a way that you are unable to experience yourself at home simply because it's new, it's different, and it's not something that you um, can as easily replicate when you're in your comfort zone. So I decided to change the scenery. I decided to visit a city that I've been to before. Um, I think I've been to Philly maybe twice. I went once for a family reunion and another time I drove out there with some cousins for 4th of July. So we went just for a couple hours, see the fireworks and we came back home. Family reunion, hung out. We did like, this was maybe years ago. I can't even remember how many years ago, but it was a while ago. And we ended up doing some bars, hookah spots, maybe a club or two, excuse me, walked up, um, whatever that strip is where I think like Geno's is and a bunch of like, um, it's a real touristy area. Cause I know that they have like souvenir shops and shit along the, uh, the street. So there's that, but I never really had the experience in Philly where I was able to come and go as I please and like really decide what I wanted to do. In most instances, the itinerary was pretty much already set up or I had like six other people's opinions to weigh in terms of, all right, is everybody old enough to go here? Or can we all, you know, you know, I don't know, afford to do this and little shit like that, right? When it's just you by yourself or when it's like you and one other person, you and your partner, 
you guys already have all that shit in mind or those details are kind of worked out as opposed to, and it's easier to work them out on the fly because this entire trip was on the fly. I didn't decide to book it and I didn't book shit until Wednesday. And the only thing that I booked was the Airbnb. We drove up. It took me the same amount of time to get home from work today as it takes to get to Philly. I was, I'm door to door from work in traffic, like two hours. And, um, yeah, that's how far Philly is. Granted, that's Philly without traffic. And we left on Thursday afternoon. We started by taking my mom to dinner, um, because she is a weird old person now, I guess, ma, she's dinner matterly. We went for lunch. It was really lunch, but we had dinner food. We went to a steakhouse, but happy birthday to my marketing director. That's what I like to call my mom. Cause she, uh, shares and posts everything about the podcast on Facebook. She's the cutest thing. And I really appreciate her. So happy birthday, ma. Um, we started by going to lunch. So we didn't get out there um, until kind of late. It was a little bit of a late start to do the trip, but we avoided a little bit of traffic and it was a Thursday and not like, you know, a Friday or a Saturday during the weekend when everybody is peak and optimal travel. So drove out, no big deal. I live in New York, Philly's not far. And we stayed at a Sonder property. Now, if you have been here for a few weeks, you know that I'm an Airbnb girl. And I like Airbnb because I am familiar with the platform and I feel as if you can always get your stays so much cheaper. One thing that a lot of people don't really realize is that there are plenty of hotels or hotel-like properties that also list on Airbnb. So the Sonder properties are basically set up, if you will, like um, condos. They are um, one bedroom studios. I don't know if they have anything more than one bedroom, but in searching through Airbnb, I did see their listings on the app, on the platform. I did see them listed on Airbnb. But overall, and the pricing I wanna say was also the same. I do not believe that there was a difference in the pricing, but on the Airbnb app, what... I was essentially looking at where properties, on average, I'd say that they ran me, well, the ones that I was looking at in terms of options, because I don't like sharing um, um, sharing a space. I don't want to share a space. I'm not doing the college experience anymore. Didn't like it then. Actually, I had a great room. I had two great roommates in college, but that whole communal bathroom shit, not my thing. Also, I'm grown. I don't want to share the space with other adults for an extended period of time. Now, if I'm just going for an overnight stay, if I literally just need some place to like leave my bags and, you know, lay my ass to go to sleep and shower the next day kind of thing, that is absolute. I am always on board for like a shared property or even a hostel. But in this instance where I'm going on an extended, I think we were there, what is that? Three nights and four days or whatever. I'm not, I don't want to share that space with anybody other than my man. So we ended up booking, um, well, back to the Airbnb options. So I was looking through the options and on average, the total cost of the stays were running from about four and change to about 600. And the rooms were, well, the 
apartments were about a hundred to maybe a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty dollars. But then you add up all the fees, the cleaning, and the surcharge and all that jazz. So of course it ups it. So I ended up booking with Sonder because my boyfriend realized that you can book them on their website. I didn't. It didn't really connect at the point at the time when I was looking through Airbnb. He ended up looking up some places in terms of where to stay in the city. And he saw that there was an option to book directly through the website. So I was very pleased with that entire booking experience. They start, I started out, did it on a computer, did it online. And then they basically, to finish your booking, you then download the app. The app is a great user experience. It gives you all your preferences in terms of if you want to try to do an early check-in or a late check-in, you're supposed to be able to do that through the app. I didn't have need to do a early check-in because I knew we were leaving late in the day. Another uh, frustrating point, if you will, I hate late check-ins. I really wish a lot of places would allow you a little bit more flexibility in terms of check-in time. I absolutely understand that there needs to be some space between you know, the previous guests and well, not just for COVID reasons, but just so that they can clean up after the last guest. I get it. I'm not totally naive to that fact. However, it doesn't change the fact that I don't want to have to wait until three o'clock in the afternoon, check in someplace. If I have a nine o'clock flight and I'm arriving at noon, I don't want to waste time with all of my luggage waiting for the room to be ready. Right. And I don't yet have the money to book an extra day in advance so that by the time I get there, my accommodation is ready for me. That being said, we ended up, um, well, the experience booking, loved it. There was um, even a an app they put me onto, I think it's called Parking Angels. And it helps you locate parking in the area. I did not try to use the app before I got there because I just felt like I'll figure it out while I'm there. And it wasn't really going to work for me because I didn't know if it it was something that was available in my area. So if all the features aren't there and if it's not something that you really use to its full capacity, what would, you know what I mean? Like if I'm only going to use portions of it, it didn't make sense for me to try to, you know, figure it out beforehand. But anyway. Didn't end up using that because we ended up just finding a lot right around the corner from where we stayed. We decided to stay in city center, um, or is it center city? I don't know. Shout out to my boy, Drew. Incredible, incredible chef out in Philly. He uh, was telling me because we ended up uh, linking for dinner. He was telling me that that's how... Philly has no, if you from Philly or not, by how you, um, I guess, label or say an area. Like they don't have North side, South side. They have South Philly, West Philly. It, like it, there's a specific way that Philadelphia is referenced when you're talking about logistics and location. So I don't know if it's city center or center city because I'm from Philly. Anywho, we stayed in the mix. We was mixy. I wanted to be able to park the car and just walk around. I didn't want to deal with having to look for parking when I went places. I knew that they had like really like short windows from looking through reviews on Airbnb for different locations. 
There were like two hour parking windows and tow zones and I wasn't with it. I really like to keep things as stress-free as possible. I, um, like I said, I enjoyed the experience booking the property and I enjoyed the actual app for the property. Um, the room itself was nice. We ended up doing a one bedroom and it was really clean. Appreciated it. Clean, nice room, but it left a couple of things to be desired. There was no, um, eating space or like table. There were like these really cute, uh, like squares, like blocks that were set up in front of the couch as like a little coffee table, but there was no, um, actual dinner table, nor was there like a workstation. So that kind of sucked. My boyfriend ended up taking one of the, uh, bedside tables out of the bedroom and putting it in the, um, living room space so that he can get some work done. So that was a little drawback. Also in the shower, there were no hooks, beautiful bathroom. It was clean, but there were no hooks in the shower for those of us that do use washcloths. Um, but if I can put in it, you know, that was frustrating. Um, and pro tip, if you don't find a bathroom or an accommodation that has wash rags, if they have hangers see if you can find a hanger that's got like the little bar on the end so it's like the top and like you know the triangle the one that's for pants if you will and hang a rag on that and I just hung it on the um the shower because I'd be damned if I'm gonna put that over the the handle where you you know touch it because I feel like that's one of those places that they probably don't wash as much as they should or disinfect and clean as much yeah germs I don't you know well moving on There were also no hooks near the shower. Like I had to walk three steps to get to the towel on the back of the door. Again, minuscule, tiny little things. But as a place that is somewhat advertised as a long stay accommodation, like there are discounts for when you stay longer. Like if you stay 30 days or longer, 90 days and that kind of shit, you get a certain percentage off of your, um, your cost. But they do have a really nice, um, the entire property was nicely designed, very clean, felt safe the entire time. Um, There's a nice little communal lounge space down in the lobby. The elevators were fast, which y'all love a quick elevator. I absolutely hate standing there and waiting for the elevator because I don't like small small talk. And if you're sitting there waiting with somebody else like that you don't know, hey, hey, good morning. I don't mind pleasantries, but all that extra shit, I'm not a fan of. So enjoyed where we stayed and the area, beautiful. We stayed, the property that we were at was on South Juniper and Walnut, I want to say. I think those were the cross streets, but we were able to walk to restaurants, to stores like delis and bodegas. Um, well, I don't know that they call them bodegas there, but that's what I call them. Um, we were also able to walk to, um, any of the experiences that I ended up having us do. So moving on the, I booked a walking tour. So shout out to Will. There is a no reservations style, city slash culture food tour that is available there. And my boyfriend is a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. So I, of course, you know, 
tail end of the birthday week. I had to book it. And it was a surprise. Fucking loved it. I was, you know, saluted for the decision many times. Shout out to me. And I, too, enjoyed the tour. What I liked about it was I'm not really a big foodie. Boyfriend is. But I love culture. Give me a city walking tour and I am down. I absolutely live for those kinds of tours. I want to know the story of the neighborhood you're in. I want to know how we got here. I want to know where we started. Those are all things that I enjoy learning about when I'm in an area. And I feel like walking tours are really easy way for you to really experience a lot more of a city without having to, you know, drive yourself crazy with figuring out the logistics of all the spots of interest or all the important points to and all the important spots and um, areas to visit, right? Now, granted, there's all of that, um, I don't say, well, touristy shit like Bell and um, historical stuff and like the Rocky Stairs, but I'm good on that. Um, I absolutely enjoyed the tour with Will. When we started, it was a little rocky for me. Wasn't really sure if I was going to um, get into it. Um, but I ended up really, really enjoying myself. We stopped at a bunch of different locations along the way. We did um, Little Italy. We did, um, what was the other place? We did Little Italy. We stopped in, I don't know what it's called, but we got some really, really, really good. I don't know if it's called Little Mexico, but. It might be. I really don't want to shout over to Mike and ask boyfriend. But the tacos there, everybody's faves. We even stopped in Little Italy. We did like a nice little uh, picnic, if you will. They have a outdoor seating location. A whole bunch of like tables set up or whatever. Then you can order from a bunch of the different restaurants in the area or the little shops in the area and just bring your food there. You can bring outside food in as well. So the host ended up bringing us uh, food for us to try. Delicious. And the tacos were good. There was pizza. He told us a story about like tomato paste. Yeah, it's a really, really good tour. And along the way, we stopped to look at the incredible museum, uh, museums, mosaics done by, I want to say his name is Isaiah Zagar. Um, Zagler, Isaiah Zagar, girl. I know I uh, looked it up. Let me see. His name is, where's my screenshot? I take screenshots of all the things for this in particular. I don't remember when I took it. Here it is. Yes, Isaiah Zagar, Z-A-G-A-R. So that being said, it is really, really incredible to see the amount of detail and the amount of effort people put into their work, right? It's kind of like in your mind, you think, damn, I would never do all of that. Like that is way more than I would invest time and energy into, right? But then I'm sure people consider the same thing about the podcast. Like, damn, she's got to do this, that, and the third, and she's doing that. I would never. Everybody's got their thing. I enjoy watch, uh, just looking at it. it. It was beautiful. So that was a really nice uh, portion of the tour. Check out my Instagram, sharing pictures and shit as I go. 
getting getting around to it. So we did a really, really incredible tour with Will and the No uh, Reservations Tour on Airbnb, of course. I booked that through Airbnb Experiences. After we did, um, shout out to Mr. Lance. So there's a gentleman that uh, sells goods on the street along the route that we were taking. And he, I guess, took an interest in Boyfriend and I and decided to impart some well-received words of wisdom I guess, um, relationship advice. And he was such a gem. He was so kind. And if somehow, some way this gets back to Mr. Lance, I appreciate you. And I have a frame waiting for that picture that the three of us took together. And, uh, I really appreciated his insight and his kindness and his warmth that he shared with us. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about traveling is that when else would I have been able to meet him? You know, and there are little nuggets and little experiences that you're able to pick up. And I think appreciate in a different light only because there's a level of, I guess, lightness, if you will, that you can experience while you're home. But then there's a different level of lightness that you experience while you're traveling because you're on vacation, because YOLO or because I'm not home dealing with my problems. Your problems are going to follow you, right? You still have those same problems while you're vacationing or while you're traveling. But sometimes some of those problems don't seem to weigh as heavily because you've got a new set of eyes. You've got a new perspective with which to view them or you just have the ability of detaching from stepping away for a little bit, taking a step back and getting a fresh reset so that you can reapproach said issues from a rested and a, you know, I won't say like more enjoyable, but like after you've taken a moment and caught your breath, there's a new vigor I personally experience when I have actually taken a break. And that's one of the intentions that I kind of set on the trip. And then when I say set an intention, it doesn't have to be deep. It don't have to be like, you know, this long drawn out, meditative process and you know I don't need a vision board to write down what everything just go into your trip knowing what it is you want to accomplish I knew that I wanted this to be a quick simple painless getaway that my boyfriend and I can enjoy just getting out of New York I want to travel again I'm just not exactly very comfortable hopping on a plane to do said travel and it can't hurt that I could get there almost for free. It's just tolls, car maintenance that I got to maintain my shit anyway. I got to keep gas in the car anyway. So I might as well just spend a little bit more on gas to get there. I think we took half a tank of gas, maybe less than half a tank of gas. um, Because I know we didn't even have a full tank when we got there. And we got back and we still had gas, maybe like a little bit more than a quarter tank of gas. But that being said, loved my experience with Mr. Lance. And I really appreciate those little gems, little trinkets and the chance interactions that you can have with people while traveling. And I really think that he's one of those people that I'll always remember. He's got a gift because I remember he came up to us, we were talking and he was like something, 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 but yeah, she's born between July and September or July and October. I am. So then that piqued my interest. I'm like, okay, you're reading us. You're reading us. This isn't just a, you know, your, um, 
you're selling us, right? You weren't just trying to sell us. You weren't just trying to talk to us to sell us items or anything like that. And then he made a, um, I won't say an observation because it's one of those things that it just wasn't another thing that wasn't present. He was just like, oh, this one has a temper, huh? And I'm like, huh. I get it. But it's not like he was like presenting any uh, temper tantrum or nothing. He's just a tourist. Plenty, most of the tourists I know are very bullheaded. And uh, yeah, y'all, y'all, could, I love y'all. I seem to be collecting y'all, but y'all could really be assholes. That being said, it's not like that was information that was presented before. So it's like he read all of this in the short chance encounter that we had together. And little things like that, I personally, personally love, enjoy, and look forward to um, experiencing when I go and interact with people. You really learn a lot from anybody if you ask the right questions. Also, you can learn a lot from somebody without asking questions, but just presenting yourself in this space to receive. You can receive a lot from your interactions with people and it doesn't necessarily have to be an exchange of questions and answers. You can learn from people if you just pay attention to the interactions and the experience that you have with them. So had a great time on the uh, No Reservations tour. I would highly recommend it um, and you can book it on Airbnb. After the tour, we ended up meeting up with Shira from Black Girl World Traveler. She was, I want to say episode number 47. But if you go to travelandshippodcast.com, you can just go into the search box and put in backpacking or Black Girl World Traveler, or you can put in S-H-I-R-A, just spell her name out. And, um, that was one of like my favorite, like one of my first favorite episodes. Like that was one episode I always remember feeling like, yo, this was so bomb. Like I really enjoyed talking with her and I really felt like I, you know, um, got a lot from our, uh, conversation. Right. So it was a really, really enjoyable experience to be able to meet my internet friend. So we went to bank and bourbon because, restaurant week it turned out to be the perfect times to be out in philly because like i said boyfriend is the foodie so it worked out we ended up doing bank and bourbon which of course was walking distance from where we were staying and let me pause that and say our server jacob made the meal now blessing and a curse i'm kind of hard to impressed when it comes to uh restaurant food now only because no cap no shade no nothing whatever y'all uh no lie I don't know any other way I'm not even being like braggadocious nothing of the sort my man cooks his ass off period that's it the food is wild crazy good right And so when I go to a restaurant, food is generally, in terms of like stuff that I know boyfriend can make is, eh, it's cool, you know? So the food was good at Bank and Bourbon, but I know that I eat well at home. Like I eat real good, y'all. So when I go out to eat, it's kind of like a little... Ah, a little piece of me dies inside knowing I just paid for this. You know what I mean? But that didn't happen at Bank and Bourbon because the experience 
from door to door, from when I walked in those doors and when we walked out those doors, I had nothing but pleasant experiences with anybody in that building. Everybody from the hostess or the host, I don't know if you call a male host a hostess or not, but from the man at the door that seated us to our server, Jacob, who was absolutely a gem. I've worked Every job I've ever had has had some aspect of customer service. So I am a stickler for customer service. If I'm paying you any kind of money, I want you to treat me like I'm paying you money and you appreciate me spending money with you. I don't need you to kiss my ass. I just make, I I really want you to make me feel like me choosing to spend money with you was a good decision. That's it. I don't really feel like that's a lot to ask. And I feel like pleasantries, kindness, a little joke here and there never hurt. You know what I mean? But again, I don't need you to kiss my ass, but I low-key like when you kiss my ass. Be a nice person. Some people is harder to do than other people. For Jacob, I feel like it was easy. He was so kind, really, 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 really a good server, attentive, and not like overly annoying. Even the um, staff that came to just like clean the table, like to make sure that we didn't have extra dishes on the table to make sure that, you know, we had water consistently to make sure that like if our wine glasses were getting empty, they would top it off. I really appreciated the attention to detail and the care that everybody that came around showed us. I really appreciated that aspect of Bank and Bourbon the absolute most. Um, Bank and Bur- I want to say the address is like 1200 Market Street. Very easy. Is that like the Lowe's Hotel or like, I always think the Lowe's Theater because that's like a movie theater chain, I think. Um, I think it's AMC Lowe's or some shit like that. So that's immediately what I think of. But I want to say it's in the Lowe's building. That is the location that we went to. Jacob, that is there. You fucking rock, bro. Appreciate you. Um, so enjoyed that. It was a really fun time with Shira. And definitely check out blackgirlworldtraveler.com. She's got a ton of really great resources if you are doing road trips, especially in the Southwest. She got you covered. She's got an entire trip itinerary. Hit her up and see what else she has to offer. She is um, another really, really great uh, black woman voice in the travel content creator sphere. So holla at Shira. Um, So we did Bank and Bourbon. And then we did the next day, I visited the African-American Museum out in Philly. (sighs) I love black history. Wherever I go, if there is some variation aspect of it that I can immerse myself in, I'm going to do so. Not going to hold you. I was a little disappointed. So they had a great staff, everybody from, you know, walking the door, everybody was really kind, um, bought tickets in in advance and they've got windows that you're allowed to go in because COVID. So we had a one 45 to three o'clock window. Sadly, that was more than enough time to see everything. Mind you, I am a read everything kind of girl, but because I know that I didn't really have, like, I know I had like a limited window of time to do, um, all the exploring around the museum. 
that I, you know, didn't do a lot of the reading that I would have necessarily done had I not had restraints on the time that we were there. But we walk in and there is a, I guess, a room, if you will. And there is a ton of information just laid out for you about all of the contributions that black folks had in the early history of Philadelphia, like 1776, 1802 abolitionist movements and um, suffrage. And I, I didn't do a thorough deep dive to read all of the stuff there, but for the little bit that I did read, that's what we were discussing. And there was also conveniently an audio going that was to my assumption, explaining what a lot of the pictures and shit that we were looking at actually was. Then there is a section on the other side where there are these really large uh, screens that have actors portraying uh, roles of prominent figures in Philadelphia history. And I enjoyed that. Loved it all. Uh, Next level that we walk up to is where it got a little disappointing. It was just a bunch of textiles. And there wasn't much, and I mind you, they were like supposed to be watercolors. I'm no art history major. I, that ain't what my degree is in, but it looked like they were just replications. They just looked like they were framed photos. Like it didn't look like there was, like you couldn't see that it, the work itself didn't look like it was something original. It just looked like a reprint, which was disappointing. But again, I could just not know what the fuck I'm looking at beautiful prints, right? I'm thinking this would make a great carpet. This would make a nice rug. Oh, I could see this, you know, reupholstering a chair in this or so the prints and the patterns and the colors and the work was nice, but there was like an entire floor of the shit. And it was just like, okay, so this is what, this is, this is the speed we're going right now. Mind you, this is before you know how much museum there is for you to see. Cause it's kind of like, if you've ever been to the Guggenheim, it's kind of like you just walk up different um, levels. Like you kind of walk up this ramp and now you're on another level. Walk up this ramp, now you're on another level. So by the time we got to um, like the third area, which is like the second floor, if you will, all like framed prints is what I'm seeing. Then we got to the second, well, I guess the third floor and it gave a little bit more detail, a little more context. Apparently I want to say the artist's name was Anna Russell. Let me check. Cause I of course took a picture of the name, her name, Anna Russell, Anna Russell Jones. And she was such an incredible figure in Philadelphia art culture and history that I really wish that they would have started with her story. You gave me the textiles, which was cool and all, but I don't know why this is important. I don't know why, or really, I don't know the story of behind why I'm looking at these prints, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, I know she's got to be black. This is African-American history. Like, okay, got that part, but what are we doing? So after, you know, you enjoy it for what it is and you get upstairs and there's even more art, but then it breaks down her life. It breaks down, you know, what her experience was at her accomplishments and all the incredible things that she was able to accomplish in her life. 
I want to say she was born 1902, died in 1995, give or take. So she lived quite a, what I would assume to be a full life, a long, a long life. And I really wish that they would have perhaps, now I don't know if this is an installment and if it's like a temporary kind of portion to the museum, but I really wish that they could, they would have maybe chosen just a few of those prints and not done a whole floor of it, consolidated it up onto the one floor with this incredible woman, and then do another floor of really breaking down and like expanding on all of the history that they crammed into the one corner of the first floor. I feel like that there were two floors for one person and their work, whereas you've got all of these incredibly notable um, historical figures that play a role in Philly's, you know, black culture contribution that we could have expanded on. So I was pretty disappointed in that. I would have absolutely appreciated more of a um, diverse sect or I guess body of information. I would have liked for them to cover more people as opposed to, you know, in the small amount of space that they had, I would have really appreciated more um, historical and more history and just more people being highlighted and featured than the two floors for the one person. But that's my personal opinion. It was um, a clean, nice experience. It was very nice walkable area. No, well, not very nice walkable area. It was surrounded by a bunch of federal buildings. So it was kind of like, oh, Okay. It ain't like the area is that great. Well, not bad, but you know, it's just a bunch of buildings. There's no, um, curb appeal is what I'm going for. There was really no curb appeal in the area, but, um, accessible, not far off a highway. And there's a really nice park, it's a huge park. We saw like carousel and all that kind of shit. But afterwards we ended up going to, I want to say it's love city, which is an outdoor brewery, mad cool, Great beers, great cocktails, really nice options um, that we enjoyed. They had these really good um, cauliflower tacos. Them shits were good. Uh, enjoyed it. So that was another easy walk. It was about a 20-minute walk from where we stayed. Um, and then after that, we ended up meeting with my boy, Chef Drew, and um, Taylor. Shout out to T. It was... A really, really nice dinner. I wrote it down at D'Angelo Ristorante Italiano. Again, I everybody loved their food. Boyfriend still raving about lasagna he got. Drew loved his, um, what did he order? Chicken masala. I got shrimp fettuccine alfredo. The pasta was good. The shrimp was all right. I just wasn't, again, I feel like I like the shrimp Alfredo I get at home better. Actually, my favorite shrimp Alfredo is from Monacue's on Monacue Street in Brooklyn Heights. That is my favorite shrimp Alfredo. It wasn't this. Food wasn't bad though. Everybody else, the chefs loved their food. The niggas that actually cooked, they was about it. They should, they, they loved their meals. I, on the other hand, liked my meal. Um, there was no Jacob level service, but, um, 
server was nice, you know, no issues, no beef, no smoke. Everybody was kind. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, it was restaurant week and I enjoyed the food for what it was. I enjoyed the experiences again, you know, y'all know I'm an experienced girl. So the experience that I got just hanging with friends, eating good food was really a great, my heart is warm. So I'm good with that. Um, that was not even the highlight. I will say no, as partial lie. So I, I think the highlight was seeing my people that I hadn't seen in a long time, but one of my other favorite parts of the trip was the end of the trip. Cause again, y'all, it was a quick trip, right? We didn't stay very long. We had the two really full days. They were, and the weather y'all was perfection. The weather was perfect. I'd say it was 85, 90 degrees every single day, but it was a dry heat. It wasn't humid. I wasn't miserable. I wasn't like a sweaty, nasty mess. And I love the weather was perfect. Y'all I could not have asked for better weather. I ended up, um, we ended up doing IHOP because mind you, we could have just found a much nicer, better spot, but I had been passing that IHOP every day. And so on the last day, I'm like, yo, I really want them pancakes. Cause we all know them pancakes is fucking crack. So I really wanted the pancakes. So we ended up waiting like 30 minutes, 45 minutes to get in there. It's fucking IHOP on a Sunday. I get it. In hindsight, we probably could have done ourselves, you know, a better job of exploring more of Philly and its food scene, but them pancakes, y'all. So after we got to IHOP, we had reservations for, I want to say it's called Cuba Libre. Really, really good Cuban restaurant, but the reservations were until 345. And at that point, it was just like, I really don't want to, because we had to check out the room, 11 o'clock. They were knocking on the door 11 o'clock, talking about housekeeping. So... We had to check out, had to drag all that shit out. We went back to the parking garage, dropped our bags off, and then went to the IHOP. We had the option of walking around, but then it would have been like, all right, so let's go back to the car, drop off our food, and then go walk around in 90-degree weather to then sit in the car for two hours, three hours to get home through traffic. After going to another, it was just a dud. It was, I was ready to go at that point. So I'm a little sad that we get, didn't go to Cuba Libre because boyfriend's eaten at uh, another one of their locations and loves the food. So I would have really appreciated trying that, especially considering it's restaurant week. You get to go to all these really great restaurants that otherwise you would either, you know, save one for the pay cycle just so that you don't break bank. Or if you got it like that, you don't have to do that. But somebody that don't, if you're watching, I'm pointing someone that is a little more cautious about how they spend their money. It's a lot easier to go and enjoy a lot of these different, um, restaurants when you got a price fixed meal at $35 a person. That's right. Restaurant week is a really fun option that you should look into in whatever city you're in. And if you have a city that is nearby that you want to try the local cuisines of, or if you just want to have a reason to go visit a local, you know, a city that's nearby that you can drive to, take a bus to, take a train to, I would suggest looking into when restaurant week in neighboring um, locations is going to be. That's always going to be um, a really cute, fun way for you to spend some money while you're abroad doing some shit that you're going to have to do anyway, which eating. So 
wrapping it up, we ended up calling it quits after IHOP and we got to the car and y'all, I want to say like, guess how much the parking was, but I know you can't respond to me. We went from the 20, um, the 20th. We went from, yeah, actually the 20th. We went from, because I took a picture of the parking ticket, y'all, May 20th at 818 p.m. to May 23rd at, what is this, 13 is 115. 84 American dollars. That is three days. Actually, a little more than three days because I was there for a little bit. So you go, well, actually, no, the 20th to 21st to the 22nd to the 23rd. It's about three days. I want to show it is. It's longer than a day. That same price, I promise you, you could spend parking for one night. One night in Manhattan. So for my overall trip parking to be $84. This New York chick was wildly fucking happy. We parked in a lot around the corner from the property we were staying at for $84. Not even the cost of one night stay. I am still, but everything in Philly was cheaper. Everything in Philly was cheaper. The I got like two liters of water. Y'all, it was two for $225 or $250 or some shit like that. Like, the liter, the two liters of water was like two fifty. I didn't, we didn't really buy too much else. We really didn't. I think we bought like some soda, some water, and like a bag of Doritos or some shit. But because we had a ton of leftovers from eating out every day, but I was so my heart was so fucking warm over that parking price, eighty four dollars, y'all. Do you understand how like? That's, that's $28 a night. Okay. You can pay $28 for 30 minutes in the city. That's why I loop around and look for parking for free parking on the street when I go to work. Cause I'm not paying for a fucking lot. I'm not doing it. So overall, the Philly trip was a fucking win. And I look forward to doing these short little trips again, just so that I can share with you guys how much fun I have and how I am able to do the same, um, what's the word, manifesting of the trip and the time and the experience that I need by doing local travels, the same way I'm doing international travels. You don't have to go far to grow far. You see that, right? I'm gonna say it again. You don't have to go far to grow far. You really can get so much out of local trips. You can get a lot out of doing something that's outside of your comfort zone, but not outside of your country. You don't have to go far. You can go to the state next door. You can go to, I am really looking forward to possibly a trip to Martha's Vineyard. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard, so... Weather's getting nice. It's about to be beach weather. I ordered a bunch of swimsuits. <laughs> so I'm excited to put those on. So I'm really looking forward to doing a lot of small trips and really highlighting that 
you don't have to do, I don't want you to fall into the same stallmate, if you will, that I fell into. For a long time, I did not think that I could travel because I thought luxury travel was basically not it. Like I knew there was more than that, but I thought that you had to have like a job that paid a certain amount of money. I thought that I needed like a certain amount of money saved. And I really thought that so many things had to be in order and in place. And, you know, I had to have so much more money to travel than I did. And now that I know, I want everybody to be able to have this type of experience. I see how much better of a person I've been able to be to myself and to other people because of the experiences that I've had of myself while I'm traveling. I've learned to really check in with where I am before a trip and say, I need to relax or I need to explore. I need or I want whatever feeling it is or whatever activity it is. I go into the trip knowing that that is what is important to me. I make my plans based on what my budget is. I choose my accommodations based on, you know, what all I'm I'm willing to do. Granted, we could have absolutely saved money by staying, you know, further outside of the city, but then we would have had to drive everywhere to get to um, all the places that we wanted to see. I knew that I wanted to link up with friends that lived in the city. So I knew that it made sense for me to be in an area where there was going to be shit for us to do and also where it'd be easy for them to get to and also easy for me to get to. So it just made sense that you're going to stay in a location that may cost a little bit more than someplace else, but is going to pay for itself in the money that it saves you on transportation, parking, um, and in time. You don't want to spend an hour getting to all the different things that you want to do because you're saving money on your accommodations. Been there, done that. I want better for you. So when you're booking a trip, remember that you do not have to go far. You can absolutely look to doing things that are relatively close to you. Road trips. I think I saw that you can actually rent a car with Uber now. Don't have any details. If you're interested, let me know. I'll look into it. Or you can Google the shit yourself. Just putting the bug in your ear. But renting a car if you don't already have a car, doing a road trip. And I think also if you're traveling with people, it gives you a way to connect to that person that you don't really, that's not the same as just sitting next to them on a plane. When you have to navigate things with someone, it, well, at least if you're that type of passenger, I hate driving, but I absolutely try not to go to sleep on the driver because I know what it's like to be the driver and have your passenger sleep. Unless it's something where, excuse me, you know, like, all right, I just picked you up from work, take that ass to sleep, you know, get a break. And, or if you're, if it's a really long drive and you really do need to like, kind of pull it together, take a nap, that's, let's be realistic y'all. But I really, really want you all to know that you do not have to do the most to experience the most. Travel is so much more than vacation, guys. You can absolutely get so much joy and so much personal growth and development through just trying something new by stepping outside of your comfort zone, but not necessaria, not necessaria. Put that in the notebook that I'm, some, somebody keep a notebook of all the fake words that I be using. You don't have to necessarily step outside of your budget 
or outside of your, um, you know, what's the, what's the phone code? Like you don't have to go far basically. All right. So if you need help planning a solo trip, or if you just need help planning a trip in general, because keep in mind, if you can plan a trip for yourself, it would follow that you can add more people to the trip if you so choose. So I've got a solo travel planning course. It is available for the free on my website. If you go to travelandshippodcast.com, you'll see the steps that I took in terms of planning my trip, planning excursions, planning where I'm going to stay. And it will absolutely help you get on your way by watching me firsthand look and see how I do it by being a tourist in my own city. And it'll give you those tools that you need to plan your trip. And if you're looking for the extra push with the, because I tell you like, I show you how to do it, but like I basically hold your hand in the workbook bundle. So I've got charts, lists, graphs. I I got a ton of shit in there for you guys to have the hands-on material that I use to help you book your trip. So that is also available, travelshippodcast.com. You can go to the travel resources page And I also have a bunch of equipment that I bring with me when I'm traveling and all the little things that I've learned to kind of keep on me pretty much, not at all times, but at all travel occasions, if you will. And I mentioned that a couple episodes as well, a couple episodes ago as well. And that is also listed on the travel resources tab on travelandshippodcast.com. So definitely head over there, check that out. And let me know where you guys are going this summer. I'm a little curious. Shoot me an email or DM me guys. So remember in planning those trips that travel is more than vacation. Be sure to check in with yourself before, during, and after your trip to get the absolute most from that trip and to grow the most. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next week. Bye.